Welcome to the Taking Flight Podcast. I'm Matt Benvy. I'm a media relations flag for GE. Joining us today is a truly fantastic guest, Mr. Vijay Singh. And no aviation fans, we're not talking to the Vijay Singh the golfer. This Vijay is executive director of GE Aviation's fleet support team, which uses real-time data and advanced analytics to help GE Aviation's airline customers maximize their jet engine's performance. We're very excited to have you here, Vijay, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Matt. Glad to be here, and trust me, I would love to have the same handicap as Vijay Singh the golfer has. (laughs) Well, Vijay, our listeners may not know this, but when I hear the words GE Fleet Support Director, I think, my goodness, there's roughly 35,000 GE engines in service being monitored right now, and thousands more entering the fleet in the coming years. So before we talk about how your team is transforming GE Aviation's fleet support operations, could you maybe explain to the audience what helped you prepare for this huge job? Thank you, Matt, uh, and I'm glad to be here with you in this podcast. Uh, you know, I've been with GE for about 15 years, and most of my time has been spent in the field with our customers. And when you see those customers facing disruptions, you feel the pain along with them. And that's when, uh, when you you know, when you think about how can we help our customers be predictive about their possible disruptions, maybe convert a disruption into a scheduled planned maintenance. Uh, that's what drove me to this job to think about the whole digital product reliability from a customer's point of view. So you talked about some of that pain customers feel. So looking back over the past thirty years or so. How is GE monitoring our engines through its legacy platforms? What were some of those pains, but what were some of the benefits of the systems as well for our customers? Sure. So, uh, till about last year, we had a 1988 legacy platform called Sage, a system for analysis of gas turbines. It was a great platform uh, for its era. Uh, You know, there were computers in 1988. I'm not sure you have any one of them right now. And and they did the job for that era, but they surely had some shortcomings. A few to name one. Sage could only look at one parameter at a time, right? These jet engines are real complex engines. One parameter at a time cannot detect anomalies and problems. Second, there was no customization. My, um, my approach to a problem could be different from your approach to a problem. And hence, where I am operating could be different from where you are operating. So the customization was not there for our customers and for us as well. And then the last thing is, we see a lot of data scatter. That system was not able to reduce the data scatter, but it depended upon human intervention to reduce the data scatter. Now with more engines flying in different conditions, uh, in, in different environments, obviously that data scatter is bound to increase. And that's why that platform uh, was not very relevant today, and that's why we, we had to think about how do we change into a new, more contemporary platform. So for that new contemporary platform, about two years ago, GE started migrating this decades-old system you were talking about to a new system called Predix, whose goal, I guess, is to capture more data, analyze that data more quickly, and with better accuracy. Now, just to get people's minds wrapped around... Um, how much data you're actually analyzing on a daily basis. 
A single flight from Texas to London can record as many as 30 million data points, 30 million data points yep. in that single flight. So from a high level, how would you define predicts and how is predicts monitoring all this data differently than that legacy system? So uh, predicts basically builds on the shortcomings that Sage had. So one, predicts has the capability to analyze multiple variables at a time. So predicts can take your fuel flow, can take your oil flow, can take your core vibes together and look at what is there an upcoming problem. So again, it's, it's pretty more intelligent than what you have seen before from a Sage point of view. The second thing that it does is it makes adding things and fine tuning things more possible. If you remember, I said Sage was a pretty rigid platform. You can't customize, you can't change a lot of things. Now in, in, in Predix, we are able to, when we develop an analytic and we see that it's not giving us the results that we want it to be, we are able to fine tune it rather than wait for two years and then see whether we want it or not. So the fine tuning capability is huge. Third thing you already talked about, the amount of data that we can capture. Today on an annual basis, we capture about 100 million flight records from the 35,000 engines that, that fly today. So, and this is just pure snapshot data. There is more data that we can utilize. So clearly, it predicts has given us the computing capability to compute and detect anomalies between those 100 million flight records. And that gives us unprecedented capability to detect things that we've never been able to. So why don't you give us an example of those, one of those benefits of this evolution? Um, there's, there's a lot you just laid out there, but just dive, dive in deeper with a specific, a specific example if you could. Sure. So uh, this example is, is one of our uh, newer engines. Uh, it happened about a couple of years back when we were playing around with predicts to say how it helps us. Uh, we had a distress on an engine that we could not detect, and we, we created a disruption for our customers. So at that point in time, I told my team members to put all this data into the Predix platform and see what Predix can tell us. And that was when Predix was kind of in a pilot phase. I still remember about a couple of days later, one of my guys came running to me and said, hey, it's, it's, it's an aha factor for us. When you look at that data, we clearly can now identify uh, a situation where we could have been able to prevent that disruption. So I said, okay, show me. So uh, what we have on that engine is basically eight probes to measure the temperature on the combustor. On the earlier platform, what we will get is an average of those eight probes. So obviously if one probe changes a little bit, it won't redu reduce or make the average go bad. In this case, uh, you know, there were two probes that were faulty and hence were giving us different signals. One was giving a higher temperature, one was giving a lower temperature. So now on an average it was flat. So we could not see anything on the legacy. But on predicts, since we are able to plot and see each probes differently, wooha, you saw that one probe is going up, one probe is going down, there is a distress in the engine. From that point of view, uh, that point onwards, we developed an analytic within three weeks to, to monitor all those engines and we never had another significant event related to that cause. Wow. So I want to so understand the process of alerting the customer when these anomalies in the engine are monitored, or I guess they go off. Mm -hmm. Give us an example that goes to like a level one notification 
all the way through what you call a customer notification record or CNR? Sure. So if you think about all the data coming in, that data is nothing else but zeros and ones. All right, those are binary numbers. Our parsing system basically converts that data into what we determine as fuel flow, oil flow, the parameters that an engine performance should have. Then those parameters go through the Predix platform. We have analytics loaded into your Predix platform, and those parameters, as they go through the Predix platform, they generate alerts. Alerts are nothing else but, listen, this, this parameter has crossed the threshold, or we see a trend, and those alerts then go to our, what I call as our generalists, our level one uh, alert technicians. They look at those alerts and they determine whether we have seen that signature before. You know, it's a known signature uh, that, that we have a troubleshooting recommendation for and they detect that, they send a CNR, what is a customer notification report to the customer with the troubleshooting recommendations attached. Now there are times, like what I mentioned before, the distress on the newer engine, the, the, the probes on the combustor, that is a new signature. So the level one generalists will not be able to understand that new signature. So then we have product line experts. So once the generalist sees that this is a new signature that they don't understand, they take it to the level two product specialist to say, hey, I'm seeing this alert, I'm seeing this signature, what do you think? Is it a real issue or is it something that is scattered in the data? So my level two product specialists take a look at it and they determine whether we need to send a customer notification report with troubleshooting recommendations or is it just scattering the data which they can then feed back into the system for it to learn to reduce the scatter. There are times, about 99.5% of the time, between the level one and level two, we are able to take a decision. 0.5% of the time, there are you know times when a specific hardware uh, cause is not known to even my product line teams. Then they have actually product line hardware owners sitting next to them. They are co-located so that they can run to them with that condition and then make a determination of what to do. So we go through three levels of of understanding what might be a problem and how do we resolve it before it becomes a significant event for our customers. Got it. Okay, so with Predix now, what we're seeing is these customer notification records, they're actually going up in volume, yep. but false customer notifications are down. Tell us, what does that mean for customers? So from a customer's point of view, what it means is when we send out a CNR, Probably a couple of years back, we were about 70% of the times right. So 30% of the time, the customer will do troubleshooting and he'll either not find anything or he will not be able to resolve the issue. Today, we are standing at about 86%. It's a quantum leap. So if you think about it from a maintenance burden for a customer, only 14, 10 to 14% of the times are we wrong when we send out a CNR. Could we be 100%? Probably not. Because this is not hardware, right. this is software, this is digital. We want to take our chances sometimes. We want to see a trend and take our chances and send out a CNR to a customer to see, hey, listen, we saw this trend, we're not sure what it is, but we'd like you to take a look. The customer might come back to us and say, listen, I couldn't find anything. That's great news, right. but at least we are trying to be, be the art of possible. And hence, we could probably never be 100%. Because the moment you are 100%, then we cannot detect new upcoming failure modes. It's quite the leap, like you said. I mean, closing up here is probably our final question. 
what you've what you're describing to us today is probably at the core of GE transferring to a digital industrial company. This is such a shining example of yep. that. So with that, like you said, comes a lot of responsibility. So what are the next steps for Predicts? And also, since this is Farnborough Air Show Week, is there any new news our audience should be aware of from your fleet support team? Sure. So I'll start with what's next for Predicts. Two main things. The first one is, how can we be proactive around disruption, so not even have the first disruption? And that's where we're trying to merge data science and physics. Physics has its limitations where it will only react, but data science gives us the capability to be proactive. And that's what we are trying to do with GE Digital in San Ramon, to be proactive around some of the key possible distress modes. The second thing from a predix point of view is give our customers more lead time. The more lead time that we can give our customers, the better it is for their operations. And hence, we like to have analytics which can detect possible disruptions much earlier than we have before. Today, we are on an average 7 to 10 days. We want to be 30 days tomorrow. Those are the two key things that we are working from a predicts point of view. Uh, we had a great Farnborough Air Show. We actually launched uh, six apps wow. uh, at Farnborough Air Show. Three of these apps are coming from the fleet support team, the engine health validator, which helps validate the health of your engines in case of a lessor redelivery. Um, second is the flight phase analyzer, which helps you analyze your operational data on the flights and see some trends between you and, and, and the rest of your fleet and the rest of the worldwide fleet. And the third is the flight operations analytics, which is very advanced uh, comprehensive analytics, lets you do uh, watch lists, lets you do trend reporting at an advanced level. We're excited about all these apps, and I think these are the activities that will take us into the next generation to go from 35,000 engines to 46,000 engines in 2020. Certainly sounds like it, VJ. Well, I, I really appreciate the discussion today. appreciate you taking the time. No, you're a busy guy. That's a lot of engines to be monitoring. So I hope we haven't missed anything while you've been gone. And for many of the listeners out there, we came to this conversation probably knowing very little, but we hope you leave having learned just a little bit more than when you came in. So if you like the podcast and you want to hear more, make sure to like our podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. And until next time, this is the Taking Flight Podcast. And Thank are, you, Matt. We are taking off. Too bad.